You're listening to ReachMD, and this is Lipid Lumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Brown, and I'm at the National Lipid Association's annual scientific sessions, which are in Las Vegas, Nevada. With me is one of the top winners of the National Lipid Association abstract program, Dr. Bart Duell. Bart is currently the director of Lipid Disorders Clinic and LDL Apheresis at the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. He's a member of the Pacific Chapter of the National Lipid Association and extremely active in research, teaching, and clinical care. He's going to talk about a subject which is uh, really the major focus of the foundation of the National Lipid Association, which is familial hypercholesterolemia. Bart, thank you very much for taking time out of the busy meeting to come and speak with us today. Uh, thank you, Dr. Brown. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to obviously have plenty to talk about with regard to FH, but uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your interest in familial hypercholesterolemia and uh, you know why it's such an important topic. And then if, if you would tell us actually about your study design and what you were trying to accomplish. Uh, certainly. So I've had a long-standing interest in familial hypercholesterolemia, and I currently have several hundred patients with this disorder. Uh, end up dealing with the whole family, from the children up to the uh, third generation even. And unfortunately, as you know, many of these patients, even despite our best efforts, go on to have events and suffer untimely death. So tell us how that you know, interests, and obviously we're very interested in our audience understanding what familial hypercholesterolemia is and to make the diagnosis. Sure. And uh, we know that a lot of patients have very high cholesterol and the audience is necessarily aware of the disorder or how to make the diagnosis. So maybe you can briefly tell us about what our audience of physicians, many of whom are not lipidologists, might need to know to think about this disorder. And then tell us about your study. Okay, thank you. So there are several different criteria that have been proposed for diagnosing familial hypercholesterolemia. Uh, one of the key components of all of the criteria is having an elevated LDL cholesterol concentration. And basically, the higher the LDL, the more likely it is the patient has familial hypercholesterolemia. So uh, a person would really want to look at those specific guidelines to get a feel for how to use this. but. As an example, if the LDL cholesterol concentration is 300 milligrams per deciliter and the patient does not have hypothyroidism or some other cause that might elevate the cholesterol level, then more than likely they have familial hypercholesterolemia. Uh, As it turns out, though, the mean LDL cholesterol in some studies of familial hypercholesterolemia may only be 200 or 220 milligrams per deciliter. So the point of that is that some patients have, for a variety of reasons, a milder form of the disorder. Um, At the other end, uh, with homozygous FH, people can have levels of 1,200, which uh, if it's that high, that's a disaster. Uh, These people have myocardial infarction by the time they're five years old or even younger in some cases. But bottom line is you need to think about it. If you see a high LDL cholesterol, even if you're not sure if it's familial hypercholesterolemia, um, doing family screening is very important for helping reduce risk. Um, Other things to look for are corneal arcus on the physical exam. Uh, Tendon xanthomas are, in theory, one of the pathognomonic uh, findings, although they can be seen in other disorders. But um, that combination of high LDL, family history of early heart disease, and tendons and thomas really is the core of the criteria to look for. 
Yeah, so for the audience, those are really important points. Make sure that if you have patients who have usually normal triglycerides and LDL over 190 or over 200, Mm-hmm. especially if mom or dad had a very high cholesterol to think about the disorder. And then as pointed out, don't forget to feel the Achilles tendons because sometimes you actually have to feel them to see the xanthomas. And we're going to talk a little bit about the implications of that, but I don't want to waste too much time so we don't get to the, your clinical trial. So tell us a little bit about your clinical trial in these patients and what you were hoping to accomplish and then the study design. Yeah, so the uh, this trial... Uh, specifically looked at the coronary calcium score in patients with familial hypercholesterolemia in relation to the duration of treatment. And the basic uh, goal of this grew out of my clinical experience of having the belief anyway that patients who I have treated for a long time would actually have better coronary arteries than those who had not been treated by me. And I try to treat my patients very aggressively. I have many patients on maximal doses of four drugs or even five drugs for uh, LDL lowering. And so we believe firmly that sustained reductions in LDL help reduce the accumulation of atherosclerosis in the coronary arteries. So the purpose of this specifically was to look at a cross-section of patients and stratify them based on achieved LDL levels, their age, sex, Um, their lifetime burden of LDL, and the goal is to hopefully show that that correlated with the extent of coronary artery calcification. So tell us a little bit about how many patients were enrolled and uh, what exactly you did in the trial in terms of the study design. Certainly. So uh, there were a total of 28 patients, all of whom had heterozygous FH. None of them had known atherosclerosis or a history of stroke or cardiovascular events. And all of them had a coronary artery calcium score. Uh, Now, this included patients who had been treated for um, up to almost 30 years, and at the other spectrum, patients who were brand new to the clinic, who uh, either had statin intolerance or, for whatever reason, were untreated for most of their life. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Bard Duell, one of the top winners of the NLA Abstracts program here at the annual meeting in Las Vegas. So, Bart, a very interesting concept. Tell us what the results were and uh, what do you think the implications are of those results? Uh, yeah, so the, on the positive side, one thing we saw was that one of the predictors of the amount of calcium present in the coronary arteries was the estimated or calculated integral of LDL cholesterol over time. So this gets referred to as various things, but basically it's the lifetime burden of LDL cholesterol. And so as you might predict, the lower that number was, the lower the amount of coronary artery calcium deposition there was. Now, in none of the patients, though, did they have what we would consider an excellent level. So if somebody has an LDL cholesterol level less than 100 for their entire life, that's associated with a lower risk of coronary artery disease. And among these patients, uh, the average LDL was around 150 or 149. So um, that was associated, unfortunately, with quite a bit of calcium deposition in this patient population. What was the average age of your patient group that you studied? Uh, 49 years. So relatively young. Uh, relatively young, yeah. Some were in their 70s. Uh, so 
uh, we did include some older patients, but um, the mean age was 49. So there's been some debate about serial calcium score testing and whether that really correlates with outcomes going forward or whether progressive calcification is part of the healing process even after the LDL is low. So tell us your thoughts on that, and did any of these patients get in serial scans? Uh, yeah, it's an excellent point, and as you alluded to, one of the hopes was that we might be able to use serial coronary artery calcium scores to assess how well we're doing with our therapy. And what adds confusion to this is that there probably are several reasons for calcium deposition. So actively progressing plaques get calcified, which is a bad thing, but giving statins actually increases the amount of calcification, at least transiently. So as you indicated, that's probably part of the healing process. So uh, none of my patients in this study actually had serial coronary artery calcium scores, but as you know, the results from several studies have shown sort of the opposite of what we would like to be true, that we implement aggressive therapy and things actually get a little bit worse. Yeah, so that's important to the audience because I think I frequently get patients that have gone and got their fifth calcium score, their LDL's 40, right. but their calcium's progressing and they come in in a panic. Right. And I tell them the most important part of your therapy in the future is don't get another calcium score. We don't, we don't really know if and when serial uh, coronary artery calcium scoring should be done. So in terms of implications for the population of patients with familial hypercholesterolemia, based on the, your results of your trial and whatever insights you want to share with our audience, how do you think this should affect uh, our approach to FH? Uh, yeah, so it probably doesn't change the approach in any way, but uh, what I would say is it would reinforce the existing recommendations. And the existing recommendations for many physicians appear to be excessively aggressive, but I would say, and I think you agree, that they are not excessively aggressive. And the recommendation is, if possible, initiate LDL-lowering therapy by the age of 8 or 10 or 12 in patients who have heterozygous familial hypercholesterolemia. And among homozygotes, you start therapy as soon as you make the diagnosis. So if that's at age two, you, you start giving treatment as early as you can. So I think that's the, the most important message from this. And I would just add that one of the patients in this study started treatment at the age of 20, and he actually still has elevated coronary artery calcium deposition despite starting treatment at age 20. Uh, now almost 30 years later. So I, would, I can't overemphasize that I think the key message here is diagnose the patients and start treatment as early as possible and not be satisfied with mediocre LDL cholesterol levels. Um, I, it, these are not official guidelines at this point, but for adult patients at least, I believe we should treat patients with familial hypercholesterolemia as if they have atherosclerosis, and that would mean, if possible, getting their LDL down to 70 or less. Sure, it makes sense, and I, I think, again, for the audience to realize that it's the high cholesterol over many years of life that leads to the increased burden of atherosclerosis, and the earlier you treat, the less likely you'll prevent this process. It's been a little bit of a change in our thinking, because at one point we thought that statins were expensive and dangerous and it turns Correct. out they're not dangerous and they're no longer expensive and 
and uh, people should be reassured that they've been tested in children as young as eight years old and didn't seem to have any effect on puberty or anything else. That's correct. And anecdotally, uh, kids one or two years old have been placed on statins as well. And um, the notable thing is they live longer. They don't, they don't die with their homozygous FH. Yes, I had a, recently had a 58-year-old patient come to my office. His LDL was 230. Mm-hmm. It was a female. She was not a smoker, and she was doing okay. But no, she was sent to me for high cholesterol and hadn't had the diagnosis. And yes. I told her, you got to screen your children. We started her on therapy, and, I, and she had <clears throat> a young son who was in the Army and a couple of uh, daughters. She went to the NLA website, learnyourlipids.com. Good. Looked at FH information, discussed it with all her children. Yes. Uh, the son felt that they probably would have screened him in the Army, so he didn't go get his blood tested. And unfortunately, he had a massive heart attack uh, during one of his training sessions. So it was a very sad outcome. That's and unfortunate. And I'm sure we can't emphasize enough for those parents who have high cholesterol to make sure all their first-order relatives are, are screened. Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I would uh, like to uh, strongly endorse that as well. And both of us, I believe, have had the experience of identifying an index patient and being very aggressive about screening as many relatives as possible. And sometimes a single patient can allow you to, to identify a dozen other patients who are, are at very high risk. So um, family screening is a very, very important part of this as well. Uh, one thing I do, by the way, in the clinic is if, if the whole family comes in, whether they're fasting or not, I test everybody. And we're set up so we can do it on a complementary basis. So if, they, if they're not registered with our hospital, it doesn't really matter. And um, we pick up lots of cases that way as well. Uh, you, you capture people when you can um, because sometimes they don't always make the necessary referral to their personal physician. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations again on a, a terrific abstract. It gives us some insight into calcium scoring and even Thank more, you. I think, into the burden of atherosclerosis and this very common disease that occurs in about between 1 in 300 and 1 in 500 individuals. Yes. And I really appreciate you taking time away from the craziness of this meeting to be on ReachMD Lipid Luminations. Uh, it's my pleasure, Dr. Brown. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, and you've been listening to Lipid Lumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com lipids, featuring podcasts of this and other series. I would also recommend that if you want to learn more about familial hypercholesterolemia, you look at the National Lipid Association website called learnyourlipids.com. Thank you all very much for listening.